Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Alrighty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, JJ Johnson Stremsky, rocking and rolling and cooking right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And it is a Mixed bag football Monday after what transpired at MetLife Stadium and what we just watched and what we just witnessed in Buffalo, New York, and what was an opportunity squandered by Brian Dable, Tyrod Taylor, and the New York Giants, who had a golden chance to take one from the very up and down but super talented Buffalo Bills. But I am not going to bury the lead here. We'll get to the Giants and their opportunity squandered in a matter of moments. This is where I want to start. The New York Jets and Robert Sala had their biggest win in the Robert Sala era Sunday at MetLife Stadium against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jets needed a signature win. They have dealt with a whole lot of adversity these first five weeks. They lose Aaron Rodgers. We know what the narrative and the storyline has been around this football team. And to me, there was a sense of if they can go and make a statement against a team like Philadelphia, what they provide, what they bring on both the offensive and the defensive line, and you throw in the fact that the Jets in their history have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles The Jets finding a way to win this game is as big as it gets because you have life 
You have spirit. You have an opportunity now to go and make some hay and make some noise over the course of this season. And the reality of the situation is that despite the fact that this defense balled out for four quarters without Sauce Gardner, without DJ Reed, disrupting Jalen Hurts left and right, Johnson making plays, Huff making plays, guys in the secondary stepping up and making plays. It looked like, it felt like, it certainly appeared that late in the fourth quarter, it was going to be a close but no cigar type of game for the Jets. Jets fought valiantly, defense played really well, but inefficient red zone, couple bad penalties, that's going to be the difference, that's going to decide the game. And then, just like that, Jalen Hurts on third down with the game on the line, with his head coach trusting him to go and make the right decision. Not only does Jalen Hurts not make the right decision, he makes a catastrophic decision in throwing an interception. Another game-changing type of play for the New York Jet defense. How many times, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in dissecting and critiquing the Jet defense, which we all know is talent. We know they have a lot of guys who get after the quarterback. We know when Gardner and Reed are there, their, their, their secondary is terrific. But what was my critique all year with the Jets a season ago? They didn't force enough turnovers, and they didn't make enough game-defining plays. But think about it. The New York Jets, in three of their wins, have three game-changing, defining plays defensively. It's Jordan Whitehead in week one against the Buffalo Bills. Last week, it was Quincy Williams who gets the sack on Russell Wilson. That's returned for a touchdown. And in this game, oh, it's a, it's an easy one. It's the Adams interception that is almost returned for a touchdown. Game changes. Absolute game changes. And then what proceeded after the interception is all sorts of madness and insanity where you're wondering, are the Eagles going to let him score? Did Sirianni pull a fast one on Robert Sala? Was it proper? Was it the right call for the Jets to score? Eagles let him do it. But in the Eagles allowing the Jets to go and score there in that spot, you know what it did? It basically allowed Robert Sala and the defense to say, look, we're the strength of the team. We're the best unit on the team. They got to go score a touchdown on us. They're not going to be able to do it. And guess what? The Philadelphia Eagles weren't able to do it. So now you look at this Jets season. Despite the fact that this offense has a lot of stuff they got to clean up, they're way too inefficient in the red zone. They got to stop with these penalties that are killing drives. Some of them, their fault. Others, not so much. But they're, they're making these sort of mistakes offensively that are preventing them from going and putting up the sort of point totals they need to have in order to win games consistently. That all being said, even if Aaron Rodgers was their quarterback, if you told me at the beginning of this year, Buffalo, at Dallas, New England, Kansas City, at Denver, Philadelphia, that the New York Jets would be 3-3 three and three on the year, I would have said, 
done. Where do I sign? Here we are. Six games in, about to hit your bye week, and the New York Jets are three and three. And the New York Jets are in a pretty good spot. A season that is very much alive. A schedule that, to me, is going to ease up. Now, when I say ease up, be careful because games like Houston and Cleveland that you probably thought, especially Houston, oh, that's a layup, that's money in the bank. Maybe that game's a little trickier than you thought. At Cleveland, it's clearly going to be trickier than you thought. But it's still an easier schedule than what you had in the early going of this year. We got Buffalo, and you got Philadelphia, and you got Kansas City. You got serious life. And can this defense continue to make these sort of game-defining, game-changing type of plays? You know, Sal was very cocky after the game. And I like this out of Robert Sal. Basically saying, you know, we played three pretty elite quarterbacks and we embarrassed all of them. He's right about that. They embarrassed Josh Allen. They embarrassed Jalen Hurts. Now, I don't know if they necessarily embarrassed Patrick Mahomes because he still found a way to win the game, but he played poorly. He did play poorly. So the coach has a point on that. The Jets were super pumped and fired up after this one. And you know what? They should be. They've never beaten the Eagles. They really won a game that they snatched out of nowhere. And now you can really feel good about things going into the bye week, going into the giant game, and seeing where this season progresses November, December, and beyond. But at 3-3, three and three, the Jets have a new lease on life. And you can start carving out the path for how the Jets can find their way into the postseason. Probably going to require 10 wins. You never know how these tiebreakers are going to work out. But that's where the Jets are at midway through October going into a bye week. Holy smokes, what a win. And let me throw this little caveat out there before I hit the Giants. And we have a lot to say on that game as well. I was in a wedding in Philadelphia this weekend. Fabulous wedding. Davey and Corinne, congratulations. Wonderful time. I'm at the bar on Friday night after in my hotel or wherever we were staying. Change out of my suit. I put my dolphin sweatshirt on. I'm going to get comfy. It's cold. Temperature dropped, as you know. And these Eagle fans, to say they were insufferable, to say they were tough to take is an understatement. And they have Dale Kill accents, bam, bam, bam. Just shut up. How many people needed to tell me, oh, you're Dale thinks you're doing down next week? It's like, dude, you're playing the Jets. Why don't you worry about the Jet game number one on Sunday? Number two, I'm not wearing a cowboy or a giant or a commander sweatshirt. So leave me the hell alone. So with all that crap I had to deal with, then I had this obnoxious Eagle fan that was in a brothel party. Oh my goodness, she was just the absolute worst. I mean, insufferable doesn't even begin to describe her. And she was chirping all Saturday night. I left that wedding Sunday, and I was like, I hope the Jets kick their ass. I bet the Jets plus six and a half. I wish I bet them on the money line. And I'll admit it. I'm going to tell Beningo this. I already told Stefanis. And I am telling all you Jet fans who are probably going to be stunned in absolute disbelief, I was giddy about the fact that the Jets stuck to the Philadelphia Eagles today. I enjoyed that. Now, I'll enjoy it that much more if my team can return a favor next Sunday in the city of brotherly love 
And that is a place I will never go to watch a football game in my entire life. I don't care what the stakes may be. No thank you. Never in a million years. And now you Giant fans and you Met fans who have planted this seed in my head, I get it. I understand it. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. So I want to throw that in there, Jeff fans. You had a little extra dust on your side maybe in this particular game. It was me getting on the bandwagon. So there's that. Now, let's get to the Giants. The Giants had an opportunity on Sunday to get the sort of seismic-changing, season-changing type of win that maybe could have, in some way, jump-started this 2023 season. It was absolutely positively in front of them against the Buffalo Bills. The giant defense that has been putrid all year, that has been much maligned all year, did a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous job in shutting down Josh Allen and containing Josh Allen. Look, you had the Buffalo Bills to 14 points in this game. You held Josh Allen to under 200 yards, and he only ran for 11 yards. And yet, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills beating the New York Giants by the score of 14-9. And to me, it's pretty damn simple why the Giants squandered this golden opportunity up in western New York. What happened at the end of the first half and what happened at the end of the game. But more importantly, the end of the first half. Everything's cooking for the Giants. They get a turnover. Tyron Taylor is hitting Darius Slayton down the field. Despite the fact that the Giants lose another tackle, they're getting my buddy Justin Pugh off the street. They're playing him at guard. Then they're moving him to tackle. Yet the offense looked the best it's looked in a couple of weeks. You're up 6 nothing. You're inside 15 seconds. You have no timeouts. Whether it is Tyrod Taylor's fault, whether it was Brian Dable's fault, I don't care whose fault it was. There is no way you can come away with no points and run Saquon Barkley right into the line of scrimmage and basically see time expire and you come away with Zilch. That can't happen. That's inexcusable. And it was the sort of moment in the game where you kind of knew this is going to come back to bite the Giants in the ass. And it did. We know they're offensively challenged. They are. You can't give away points like that. So I don't know who you want to blame. It's probably on the quarterback more than anything. How about if you're calling plays and giving the plays to the quarterback? It shouldn't even be a possibility in that situation. So that's inexcusable. Two weeks in a row, New York teams completely just screwing up every element of the clock, situation, time management, you name it, and costing their teams dearly. Jets survived last week. The Giants did not. Then you get to the end of the game. The Giants get a gift to be able to be alive in this game. Buffalo throws on third down. Buffalo throws an incomplete pass. Tyler Bass misses a 50-something-yard field goal, and you're like, okay. Five points down, 
Tyrod Taylor against her old team, Brian Dable against her old team, can you go and do the unthinkable? And it's methodical. And it's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that. It's five yards here. It's 15 yards there. Then all of a sudden, you're like, wow. Can they actually do this? And until the pass interference was thrown at the end of the game, I didn't think the Giants could do it. Full disclosure. I didn't think they could do it. You got the pass interference on third and four, and I'm like, all right, one play, one yard line, what's it going to be? The Giants were not going to run Saquon Barkley. I know that's going to be a big complaint and critique of a whole lot of people. Did you see the end of the first half? Did you see how that shook out? I know Saquon ran it better in the second half. That's not the play call. They go for a contested Darren Waller play. Tough, tough, tough play to execute. Was Darren Waller held? Yes, he was. Do I think if he's the tight end from Kansas City, he's getting a call? A thousand percent. But he's not. So you live in a different world where the Chiefs get calls and other teams do not get calls. Don't make that the reason the Giants lost this game. How about some creativity on the play call? How about getting Brian Dable, or Brian Dable getting Tyrod Taylor out in space? Using his legs, maybe rolling him out. Some are going to make the argument that Darren Waller could have caught that ball. I don't make the argument he was held. But the bottom line is you had two situations. End of the first half, end of the game, where you come away with zero points. Even on a day where the Buffalo Bills play a C-minus D game, you can't do that and expect to win. And there's another complaint I have in critique of this head coach. This head coach last year had balls. What has happened to Brian Dable? And I want to give you the exact sequence that really pissed me off. It's when the Giants kicked a field goal. Now, mind you, this is coming off Buffalo scoring a touchdown and finally finding offensive footing and finally getting points on the board. The Giants on third and one do not run the football. Tyrod Taylor is throwing the football. Don't like it. Run the ball. In that spot, 11-yard line, either with the quarterback or with your running back, run the football. They decide to kick. Fourth and one from the Buffalo 11, and they're deciding to kick. And sure enough, what happens? Buffalo goes right down the field on the next possession, and they score a touchdown. Now, someone's going to say, oh, well, the Giants were still in the game. They still had an opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Nonsense. Nonsense. Get a yard. You know your defense did all they could do for two and a half quarters. Get a yard. That's coaching scare. You're one and four. You're 15 and a half point on the dog. Show some damn guts. Show some damn balls and go for it. Cannot be kicking a field goal on fourth and one from the 11 yard line. I'm sorry. Even if it's giving you the lead, you knew it wasn't going to hold up. And you knew you were going to have to score a touchdown at some point to go and win this game anyway. So I'm down on Dable because that's the sort of decision last year. He's going for it. This year, he's not. And let's be real about this. This game, in a nutshell, is exactly the sort of game the Giants would have won in 2022. Am I right or am I wrong? This is the sort of game the Giants would have found a way to win. This year, not happening. For a variety of different reasons. 
But now they're one and five. And yes, the schedule gets a little bit more favorable, but you're one and five. At two and four, you might have been singing a different tune. Hey, Commander's coming up. Jets coming up. Maybe you can get your season back on track. One and five is just further add to the abyss. Now, I do want to say this with Tyrod Taylor. I thought he looked comfortable, confident, and functional. Did he not? I don't think any Giant fan is waxing poetic about their offense another game in which you don't score a touchdown. But if you're going to ask me, who ran the offense better? Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo or Daniel Jones against the Miami Dolphins? It's not even close. It's Tyrod Taylor. Who ran the offense better? Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo or Daniel Jones against Seattle? It's Tyrod Taylor. Daniel Jones against the San Francisco 49ers or Tyrod Taylor? It's Tyrod Taylor. Now, that's not me dumping on Daniel Jones. Daniel is shell-shocked. He's played behind terrible protection. He's developed some bad habits, and now he's gotten hurt. Tyra Taylor's seen situations. He's been there. He's done that. But it's no coincidence, folks, that this offensive line looked the best it has looked in weeks with a different quarterback on the center. Because Tyrod Taylor is going to get rid of the football. And you saw him at least try to attack down the field. Didn't always work. He tried to hit Hyatt down the field. He did hit Darius Slayton for a couple of plays down the field. He's going to take some shots. He's been there. He's done that. And I think as you're trying to nurse this line back to health, and as you're trying to nurse this quarterback back to health, I think for the next game or two, Tyrod Taylor's your quarterback. This is not some long-term proclamation. I'm just looking at the situation and acknowledging it the way I see it. Tyrod Taylor should be the starter next Sunday. As Daniel Jones can maybe wait for Andrew Thomas and some others as far as reinforcements go to get back on the offensive line. But that's the best game a giant quarterback's played in a couple of weeks. And you would be crazy to tell me otherwise. Don't let your eyes fool you. Now, he didn't score a touchdown. So nobody should be celebrating. They executed at the end of the half like crap. So nobody should be celebrating. But I guess my question to Giant fans as we move forward throughout the course of the week. You take any positives from this one? It's tough to do. Yes, it was a more spirited effort. Yes, the defense was better. But at the end of the day, you're one and five. And if you make a couple of plays, maybe you're feeling differently on Monday morning. But you didn't. And guess what? This is where we're at. So, a mixed bag, New York football Sunday, the best win in the Robert Sala era, and a whole lot of what-ifs for Brian Dable, Tyrod Taylor, and the New York Giants. All right, we'll come back, rip through some voicemails on this jam-packed Monday for New York, New York. Come right back. The NFL season is going strong, and FanDuel wants to help you enjoy it even more with two great offers. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get a profit boost every day so you can boost your winnings even more. So, keep it a simple for Monday Night Football. Give me the Cowboys. I'll take them laying one and a half. 
They are not losing back-to-back games. Good buy-low spot for them against the overrated Los Angeles Chargers. And we're going to go with Dallas to win. And if you're looking for a player prop, let's have a little fun. First touchdown, Mr. Ferguson. Juicy odds. It's always fun to have a first touchdown bet. It's a nice lottery ticket. So we'll do that for Monday night as well. That was the perfect time. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY and get into the NFL action with offers you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus at present in select states. Bet five, get $200 offer. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Daily profit boost token offer. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable profit boost token. Restrictions apply, including token expiration. See terms for both offers at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Voicemail time. Fired up for these. 917-382-1151. Steph, let's hear them. I'm ready to roll. JJ, this is Jeremy from Long Island. I'm in the MetLife Stadium parking lot trying to get out of here. Barely have a voice as you can hear. That game took the wind out of me. But I have to say, how many times have we said that this Jets defense is good but not great? How many times have we said they don't come up with the big play? And today, how many times did this defense come up, especially Tony Adams at the end of the game, when I thought the game was over, sitting in my seat, I'm like, well, there's no way we're going to win this game. We have so many opportunities. He makes the biggest play of his life, his undrafted free agent, again, Xavier Gibson won us in week one. And without our cornerbacks, the Jets find a way to get four or five turnovers off of Jalen Hurts. Listen, at the beginning of the year, I would have told you, with or without Aaron Rodgers, with Aaron Rodgers, three and three at the bye, we're in good shape. And look around, we're three and three at the bye. There's no Aaron Rodgers. There's no Elijah Vera Tucker. Joe Tittman got hurt today. But look at us and our schedule. And we competed against Kansas City. We beat Buffalo. We beat the NFC champions. Still have the update Eagles. This team is for real. And I want to make the playoffs later. Hey, Jeremy, putting playoffs and Jets in the same sentence is not comical at all. In fact, it's realistic. The Jets can be a playoff team with this defense. And that's what we said after they won week one against the Buffalo Bills. Maybe some of you walked that back when they lost the Dallas game. I know a lot of people definitely walked it back when Zach Wilson played as poorly as he did against the Patriots. And that Patriot loss is going to loom large. Because we've seen how crummy they look and how pathetic they look. But you're three and three. You beat Buffalo and Philadelphia in your building. You got the win you needed to have against the Broncos. And now it's time to get to work the minute you come out of the bye. So for the Jets, when they come out of the bye, it's the giant game right before Halloween. Then after that Jet game, Chargers Monday night at the Raiders. They're going to keep that game on Sunday night. Got to go 2-1 in that stretch. Then you got a tough back-to-back. At Buffalo, Black Friday, Miami. Can you split those? You could go 3-2 and two in your next five. That puts the Jets at 6-5 and five with Atlanta, Texans at home, at Miami, Washington, at Cleveland, at New England. That kind of paves you a path to getting the 10 wins and getting into the postseason. 
And you're so right about the defense. This year, and it's where I'm going to give Ulbrich and I'm going to give Robert Sal a lot of credit. They have both delivered a defense that's making plays when the game is on the line and when the team needs it most. They've done that consistently. That's a great sign for the Jets. Need to see more of it. Who's next? JJ, Ian from Connecticut. The vibes are immaculate. The Jets defeat the Eagles for the first time ever. Um, I, I just, I just want to say I'm really proud of my football team. Uh, everyone said before the year started they had to go three and three at least to have a season to start this stretch. They lose Rodgers in two minutes, but somehow, <laughs> somehow they've made it to three and three. Uh, they were playing tonight with basically no cornerbacks. Uh, Craig James, I think his name is, and Bryce Hall played a hell of a game. Uh, but I just want to give some credit. I've, I've heard on Simmons' podcast, I've heard everywhere, the Jets only beat Buffalo week one because Josh Allen played terrible. They only stayed close with the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes played terrible. And I guarantee you someone on TV tomorrow is going to say they only won because Jalen Hurts played terrible. Well, let's look at it this way. Is it a coincidence all three of them had their worst game of the year against the Jets? Let's start putting some respect on this Jets defense. I know they've been bend but not break all year. This is the best game they've played all year. A complete game, finally. It's, it's What a concept. They go into the bye. they got time to, got, to get healthy now. I'm so excited I can't even talk. Wow. So you, you got time to get sauce and DJ Reed healthy. Let's go beat the Giants after the break. See where we go from there. All right, later. The Jeff fan is fired up. Listen, this is a game you probably did not expect to win. And truth be told, I didn't think you'd win. I thought the Jets would be in the game. And I talked about this with Benigo and Old School and New School. Line opened at seven. Was it six and a half? They ruled out Sauce Gardner on Saturday. I'm at this wedding. And I'm like, wow, what's the line? Still six and a half on Saturday night. I'm actually, I'm actually running through a bunch of them with Michael Lombardi, who, by the way, is just what a fantastic dude. I mean, I was sitting there for like 30 minutes just chopping it up with Mike, basically running through the gauntlet of stuff. What a great, great guy. We got to get him on the podcast at some point. Um, just random coincidence that his wife and my buddy's now wife's mother are like good friends. Small world. But I'm like going through the lines with him. I'm like, six and a half still for the Jets. They're begging you to take Philadelphia. Begging you. And if you go back to last week, the public cleaned up. All those teases, parlays, the whole deal. Not this Sunday. Jets went outright, and you knew one of those double-digit underdogs was going to be a problem. Carolina was for half, and then Buffalo had their hands full with the Giants for four quarters. Crazy. When you think you have the NFL figured out, get back to them. Even when we think we know what we know, you get games and weeks and days like today. It's why it's the must-see entertainment theater that we love each and every week. Let's take one more. JJ, what's up, man? It's Chris and Larchmont. I am fucking fired up about that game today. Man, I, I mean, this is the type of game that nobody would, would have imagined that we would win. The way that it started, 14-3 to against the defending NFC champs and the Eagles, 0-12. I mean, it says something says a lot about the team that we can end up three and three right now going into the bye week. And listen, I'm, as you know, I'm not uh, enamored by the coaching staff. 
I still think there are a lot of, there are a lot more questions than answers when it comes to Salah and company. But at the same time, you got to give credit where credit's due here. And the fact that this team, uh, has played their two best games, arguably, or three best games of the season against three of the top probably five or six teams in the NFL says a lot. So I'm thrilled that this, this win happened the way that it did. Wasn't pretty. Obviously we're missing sauce or missing Reed. Our injuries were, 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 were the, the deck was stacked against us, but we still found a way to get it done. Um, and even though we were out game, we forced key turnovers at key times for the second straight week and won, and won, uh, the game. So just really quickly, just thinking about Zach Wilson for a second, and then I want to look ahead. So looking at Zach Wilson, obviously I can't sit here and tell you he's the guy. I don't think any Jets fan can really do that, but this is what we hoped he would be last year, right? So if we're looking at, you know, the team after six games, three and three, he's had, uh, you know, a few atrocious starts, a couple atrocious starts, but he's had some decent, respectable starts where he's found ways to win, made some big throws when he counted. And then he had really, a really good start against Kansas City. So, you know, this type of place we want him to be after year two, but he's here year three. So I don't know what to make of that. I, I really don't, but. I'll, I'll take it because a few weeks ago, this guy looked like he was going to be on the scrap heap soon and not to be worthy of being a, a second string quarterback in this league. And now let's just quickly look ahead to the Jets. We have a bye week. We have a game against the Giants after the bye, which could be a trap game. We've got to be careful for that. We're going to be probably a small favorite, if I had to guess. But in the next three games, you have home for the Giants, or I'm sorry, away for the Giants, but in, in MetLife, home for the Chargers at the Raiders. If we could somehow manage two and one in those three, we're in a fantastic place as the Jets, as the Jets organization, I think. And realistically, you know, this coaching staff, I'm not confident three and oh, I don't think he'd go one and two. And certainly I think oh and three is more likely than three and oh. But if you could somehow manage two out of the next three, we're going to be in very good shape as we sit here in mid November. So, um, listen, I'm just going to sit and be happy as a Jets fan. I'm not going to, I'm not going to nitpick everything, but. Feeling pretty good. Hope all is well, man. We'll talk soon. Well, I appreciate that, Chris. Listen, you should feel pretty good. You lost your quarterback four plays into this season. You're three and three after six games. And two of those wins are against legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Philadelphia, I think we would all agree, is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Played the game last year. Buffalo, despite their warts and they they have this weird nature at times of like giving you these clunkers. I mean, you saw it against the Giants today. They'll play as clean, as crisp, as dominant a game as they did against the Dolphins, and then they'll go and lose back-to-back games. So they're an enigma. I, I understand they're tough to figure out at times, but there's talent there. You beat them. And I do think there's something to Salah's point and something to your point about, look, it's no coincidence that three of the better quarterbacks in the league, Mahomes being the best, Allen being one of the best, Jalen Hurts being an MVP candidate last year, all had subpar games against the Jet defense. Yes, at times, they make questionable decisions. And all three of them did not play their best football in any of those games. That's true. I don't think it's coincidence. How about it's the Jet defense and what they bring to the table and the amount of guys that get after the quarterback and the playmakers that they have all over the place. Guys stepping up, guys emerging. It's one of the best defenses in the NFL. 
That's what they're playing like. That's the standard. That's the expectation. Should be fired up about that. And now you put the feet up and we'll see if this coaching staff has this team ready to play when they get ready for the Giants in a couple weeks. We'll come back. We'll have some fun with Larry and some trivia. But before we hit Larry, I'm going to give you a couple of random thoughts around the league. A few thoughts on that. A couple of thoughts on the baseball, which I'm fired up about. And then we'll be ready for Larry. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, a couple of things here. Number one. That Jordan Montgomery trade, woof. I know Harrison Bader had five postseason home runs for the New York Yankees. Jordan Montgomery shoving for the Texas Rangers against a team the Yankees can never beat, the Houston Astros. Six and a third, shutout ball, six strikeouts. As Texas goes and wins two to nothing in game number one. Texas is winning that series. Gut feel, call it a hunch, call it whatever you want. I picked them to win the series. I underestimated them in the Baltimore series, but I hope that one continues to burn Brian Cashman and the Yankee Brass because it was a terrible trade. And you're going to see Jordan Montgomery go and get like $150 to $200 million in the offseason, and Harrison Bader is going to get like a two-year, $15 million contract from somebody. So big fat L for Brian Cashman as far as I'm concerned. Um, the other interesting subplots in the Ranger Astros series that are kind of tied to us here in New York. One, Scherzer coming back and pitching in game three. I am very much fascinated by that storyline and that dynamic. And I'm fully aware of the fact that a good majority of the Mets fans who are listening to the podcast right about now will be rooting like crazy against Max Scherzer and hopes probably for, you know, five, six, seven runs, if not more, coming away to the Houston Astros. Like, maybe I'm misreading this, and maybe you Mets fans can chime in throughout the course of the week and let me know. My sense in my feel is that the Mets fan is rooting or is going to root a lot harder against Scherzer than they are Verlin. Am I getting that right? I think I'm getting it right. 
Maybe it's because Verlander was barely here. Maybe it's because Scherzer, that playoff game against the Padres in a brave game last year, is etched in your mind. But I think the Mets fan will be rooting very hard against Scherzer. So I'm looking forward to following that as Max is going to take them out game three uh, back in Arlington in that new stadium that I don't really like. I get it. They had to build an indoor stadium, but it's got no charm. It's got no feel. Kind of missed the ballpark in Arlington for what it's worth. But 2 nothing Texas in game one of the ALCS. Um, you have the NLCS that starts tomorrow. And look, I know the Arizona Diamondbacks have some players. Corbin Carroll is a player. Zach Gallen is a player. Marte is a player. Guriel is a player. Like the, 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 oh, Christian Walker is really good. Like the Diamondbacks have some guys that are very, very talented dudes. They have no chance in this series against the Phillies. None. The Phillies have all swag. They have all the postseason experience. They have Will and Noah all rested, all ready to go. This to me has five game. Max six written all over it. And in case you're wondering on FanDuel, the series price for Phillies and D-backs, you want to get involved. Phillies minus 178. Wouldn't play it that way. Phillies game one to win the series is plus 110. And then Phillies minus one and a half games, which I like even more, is at plus 118. I'll be on board with both of those. And as you know, I have a little wager and investment on the Philadelphia Phillies to win the World Series, which, you know, I got to admit now, being there for the last couple of days kind of bothers me a little bit. Kind of bothers me a little bit. But, you know, I, I like their team. I like the fanatic. I'm going to try to separate the, the Eagle, Philly, Church, and State. You know, I, I'm going to try and make that distinction. Okay. Before we hit Larry, a couple NFL thoughts. Number one. The Jacksonville Jaguars maybe the team we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Everybody, myself included, loved the Colts today. I thought it was an awful spot for Jacksonville. They smoked them 37-20 to 20 today. Fantastic win for them. Second takeaway. That AFC North race is going to be fantastic. The Bengals are back in the mix after their win against Seattle. Offense stalled out. I thought Burrow left a lot on the field, but the Bengals' defense, when they needed it, came through and came through in a big way. The Brownies, without Deshaun Watson, winning that game against the Niners, late field goal missed, celebration on in Cleveland. They win. That's a big win for them. That moves the needle. Baltimore takes down Tennessee. You got to wonder if you've seen the last of Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. Baltimore. Better than the record again. I think they're the best team in that division, pound for pound. But they got this weird knack for not being able to finish games. And you want a spread drama. You got insane spread drama at the end of that Raven-Texan game or Titan game. I had it. The Ravens kicking six field goals. Then the Titans getting first and goal on the one. Not scoring, holding penalty, and then they don't end up scoring and they kick a field goal. I'm doing dances as I'm watching that game. So that race in the AFC North is going to be really fascinating. The other quick takeaways. How fun is my football team? I mean, it's the most fun football team, for me at least, that I've had in 25 years. They started like crap against Carolina. 14 nothing down. Snap a finger, it's 21-14. Raheem Mostert, 
one of the most underrated and underappreciated running backs in the NFL. He's got three touchdowns today. Nobody puts respect on his name. He is a terrific, terrific player. So Miami covers the big number. They survived. Mike White came in. Victory Cigar threw the pick six. Still covered the number. So we knew one of those big favorites was going to come through for Benigo, and they did. The other two I got, the Lions are really impressive. I mean, really, really impressive. I know Tampa's undisciplined. I know Baker Mayfield is an adventure. They went to Tampa with some injuries and punked the Bucs. They did whatever they wanted to do in that game. On a line of scrimmage, the quarterback was smart. St. Brown's making plays. Beautiful blocking. The Lions are winning the NFC North going away. And you can make the argument the Lions are the third best team in the NFC. Behind San Fran and Philadelphia. And then finally, and this is just music to the ears of anybody listening. How pathetic are the Patriots? How great is it that the New England Patriots are one and five? And I had the Raiders today. It's a late addition on the uh, betting bingo card. Let's just say that safety at the end of the game. Thank you, Mac Jones. Significant to some. But the Patriots, they drop passes. They find ways to lose. They're a bad team. They're a bad team. No Judon, no Gonzalez. Bad team. They're not going to force Belichick out. But you got to wonder how much longer Bill is going to want to coach a team that is clearly the fourth most talented team in their own division. And you go through futures in the AFC. Who's got a more bleak future in the AFC than the Patriots? Find me that team. It's tough to find. Denver. They're probably the only one. Denver. Everybody else probably could find some optimism. Not with the Patriots. And you know what? For the amount of success they had in the Brady-Belichick era, this is long overdue. Beyond overdue. So, enjoy, Uncle Bill. You enjoy. All right, Larry. Trivia time. Let's go, babe. Yo, Larry. There's two trivia today. Who threw the last complete game in the postseason? The second one is Christian McCaffrey has 100 touches. And going in to get and going in today's game, four other running backs got 100 touches this year. Can you name them? I'm out. All right. Four backs, 100 touches this year. So you got to think about guys who haven't been hurt, and you got to think about guys that are heavily involved in their team's game plans. Um, Steph, let's start with Derrick Henry. No bueno. All right. Um, DeAndre Swift. Felt good about that one, but the Eagles used 10 zillion running backs. A hundred touches. Josh Jacobs. All right. One down, three to go. Travis Etienne. Two down, two to go. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Mm. 
took a shot there. Took a shot there. Uh, two more. Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kenneth Walker. Um, I'm taking one more guess and I'm done. Uh, Tony Pollard. All right, so I need one more. That was a big one. I didn't think I was going to nail Pollard. Did not think I was going to nail him. Uh, Montgomery for the Lions. All right. Steph, should I know this last one? Uh yeah. He he he's 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 coming on the scene. He he's becoming a, a big running back in the NFL this okay. year. He's having somewhat of a coming out party, I would say. Hmm. Is it Robinson from Washington? Mm. Okay. Tricky. It's tricky. Oh, it's the it's the kid on the Rams, right? I actually don't know who is it. Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco. Ah, Pacheco for the Chiefs. There you go. There you go. All right, Larry. Three out of four. I'll take it. I'll take it, especially at one twenty six in the morning. All right, the last complete game in the postseason. My goodness. This is going to be brutal. Because nobody throws complete games anymore. Which would make you think it's more likely you'd remember. But I don't. Is it Verlander against the Yankees? How about that? I believe it was Verlander in game two. Of the 2017 ALCS. Accurate, Stefan? 2017 ALS, ALCS is correct, JJ. I know it. That one, that one actually, you, you know what it is? If you do a little process of elimination, there aren't a whole lot of guys that go that deep in the games. It just doesn't happen. So go with a guy that you think goes deep in the games, took a shot, go with someone who's pitched a whole lot of postseason innings. And away you go. So we're all over that one, Larry. So thank you for that. Before we say goodbye, Jeff Bunny, Monday Night Football. I don't know what else is in store, but take it away. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks to be for Monday the 16th NFL Monday Night Football game. Now, going to the game right now in our five plays right now. I'm two and two. I did hit my uh, money play with the Lions. And the only game I got left, which probably by now you probably know the results. I don't know yet, is the uh, Buffalo is, is the uh, the Bills? I'm laying the fourteen and a half with them. 
So let's see if I can uh, have a winning week on that note. So as for the Monday night game, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with my Dallas Cowboys. Now, the line right now is currently at minus one and a half. I know in the contest pool you have it at minus two and a half as your best bet. So let's see if we can get a win on that. We already know it is a family play. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. You know, it's my favorite play of the day. The Dallas Cowboys laying a point and a half against the L.A. Chargers. That'll be a partisan Dallas crowd. I think there's a major coaching discrepancy. Dan Quinn calling up that defense against Kellen Moore. I'll take Dan Quinn in that matchup any day of the week. I like the Cowboys to get it done. Um, And it'll be the difference for me in a winning week or a losing week. So, about them, Cowboys. About them. We'll have a nice Monday night planned. Cowboys, Chargers, a couple of baseball games on tap. Want to congratulate the Liberty. Kay was in a game. Give my wife credit. She was, I'm watching all the football. I'm holding and hollering. She got me in there, watched a little of it. Liberty forced the game four, so hats off to them. They'll be playing on Wednesday night. So, an eventful and a very late Monday pod of New York, New York. But no sleep. That's what we do around here. From a wedding. Wise guys, the pods, the TV. Come on now. That's what we do. We'll be back on Tuesday. Bonus pod. We'll have CJ Uzama, who's going to revisit the last two weeks. Two good weeks for the New York Jets as they get ready for their bye week. And we'll set the stage for what's coming up later on this week. Uh, for the Giants, the Jets might even mix in some basketball and baseball fun along the way. So we'll see what I'm in the mood to do uh, on Tuesday. But I hope everybody has a wonderful Monday. Fabulous stuff is always to find. JJ out. Enjoy it. Be good, New York City. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777. Or visit slash chat in Connecticut. 109 within Indiana. 1-800-522-4700. Or Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.